Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710 back on track. LAFC get it done against Columbus earlier, like late last weekend, if you will. They got a big game coming up tomorrow. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA. I will bring you the call of that one as LAFC gets started with a home and away against FC Dallas. LA Galaxy kind of, well, they're tripping up a little bit. Just after I called them the second best team in MLS, they've gone in the tank. Three straight losses. Now, in fairness, a couple of those were on the road. Then they really had a rough game. The first loss at home on Saturday against NYCFC, who, by the way, a pretty good team, as LAFC can attest to. They're not too bad. But the LA Galaxy, you know, the more I watch him, look, I know Jonathan Dos Santos was injured, and everybody's saying he's the greatest player since sliced bread lately. And uh, yeah, okay, he's been all right. He's had a nice year up until recently, but then he did get hurt. So in fairness, LA, LA Galaxy a little bit thin, and it's kind of showing over the last few games. And, and again, their schedule's been packed, so I'm not going to panic. It's not time to panic with the Galaxy, right? Not time to uh, you know freak out about it too much. But I will, you know, one thing I do have to bring. You know what? I'm tired of it. That's it. I got to say it. I'm going to let you behind the curtain here. I, I'm usually pretty honest in terms of how deep we go. Sometimes, you know, you can't say everything. Some things are off the record. But I'm tired of the LA Galaxy. I, I'm tired of them. They have disrespected Soccer Weekly for too long. I know they're still hurt over me leaving for LAFC. I made the right choice, by the way. I know they're still ticked off about it, so they're taking it out on us. Except for, in fairness, Chris Klein. I'll never have a bad word to say about the president of the LA Galaxy. He's been good to us on the show. He's been good to me. Good guy. But the rest of that organization, uh, you know, look, sorry, not sorry. I'm tired of it. Now, this is behind the curtain. What do you people really care, right? I'm the one doing this. It's my business. I'm supposed to get either... But I got Mario Rees working his butt off here as a producer of this show, constantly calling them to give them airtime, which, in fairness, occasionally they've done. But, man, lately, I got to tell you, it's been getting ridiculous. That's it. They're banned, Mario. I'm banning LA Galaxy guests from Soccer Weekly till further notice. Yeah, they're on, they're on notice right now. And I hope they hear it. I hope they, you know, they all listen. I get it. I hope this gets all the way back to Chris. I love Chris Klein. And he if he's welcome to break that ban, by the way, if he wants to come on, because he's always been good to me and good to the show. But the rest of the organization, Chris, not getting their job done. I've had enough. They're banned, Mario. Now, I'm still going to tell you the truth about the Galaxy if they go out and play well, right? I'm not we're not liars here. And they're still a very good team. They've had a rough patch. Again, I'm not going to take out too much on them. It's MLS in a lot of ways, too. The scheduling, they've got some injuries going. I get it. They're not the worst team in the league now after three games of struggling because they weren't the best when they were playing outstanding. They were the second best. And LAFC is still the standard. Now you got people, you ever go to MLSsoccer.com? It's like the official website of MLS. And again, I know everybody thinks, oh, be dead home, you work for LAFC, so you're going to say, 
they do good work over there. I, I mean, I've said it for years, whether I was affiliated with MLS or not. And they had some interesting thoughts about LAFC. What's kind of scaring me, and maybe it, I don't know, maybe I'm just such a Cleveland sports fan, right? Is that everybody's now heaping praise on LAFC so much. Like, this could be the best team ever in MLS. Look at how, and I'm just like, oh, I know I see it with my eyes, and they are playing that way, but I'm so afraid that everybody's just overhyping something. And you know what, what usually happens in sports when people do that? I want LAFC, the black and gold. First of all, we're only five minutes in, right, Mario? We've already banned the Galaxy. And now I don't want any LAFC player listening to this show anymore. I can't ban them because they all love the show, and we have them on as guests. We still will continue to do that. But I'm, I'm, I'm begging them to not listen to their own hype. Right? they got to stay focused. Because this is the best team I've seen in MLS. Yes, it is. Now, they got to do it for a whole year. You got to win, too. Toronto did it a couple seasons ago, and they won. It took them that second MLS Cup to do it against Seattle, but they got it done. So that's the best team in the history of MLS for my eyes. But LAFC is better right now. So I'm a little scared to come on and tell you that truth because you never know, right? I mean, you don't want to. I hope LAFC is not listening. Bob Bradley, turn off your radio right now. Because I know he loves the show. Ante Rodzoff, Kenny, they're all big fans of the show. Stop listening for a while. Just to get your head straight. No, I know Bob. The Bob and the staff will have no trouble with that. But I'm scared because everybody now sees what we've seen. It's just how good that team is. They're rolling. Got right back up on the horse. In a game that was a little tricky with the crew. So, you know, that can be a little bit, eh, you know, at times. A little tricky. And that's all I'm saying. I, I Look, two, tale of two teams. Don't uh, throw away the Galaxy yet, though. It's just a couple of games. It's MLS. We know how this works out. But can we stop with the Jonathan Dos Santos is like the best MLA or you know the best LA Galaxy player and all that too? Let's can we stop with that talk? He's great. He really is. Make no mistake, he's a fantastic player, and they you can tell they miss him when he's hurt. But when you have Zlatan Ibrahimovic on your team, anybody else is not the best player on the team. I understand people want to be cool about it, like oh let's find a new angle, right? Everybody's going to say Zlatan's the best, so we got to say something else. No. Sometimes you just be smart about it and take the simple route. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is the LA Galaxy. Now, he's still got to get service, and Jonathan being out has really hurt that midfield. It's a long season, though. Don't panic. The defense looks a little shakier when Dos Santos is out, too. And But don't panic about that. He's, he's a crucial piece. And when he's in there, they'll be fine. LAFC, though, really. Uh, seriously, that was a game that had me a little concerned going to Columbus. They were feeling good about beating the Galaxy just days before. Remember. Maybe Columbus played their best game of the year against the Galaxy just literally hours before they took on LAFC and got trounced. But I got to tell you, we're starting to see a pattern here, and it's just, it, you know, one time is a, a fluke. A couple of times might be coincidence. Several times we're seeing a pattern now. And that's how teams are playing against LAFC. 
We're going to be talking with Vince LaRosa. Of course, we love LAFC Vince coming up a little bit later on in the show. And we're going to break that down a little bit. He's done a lot of great work over at LAFC.com about this. But it's these teams now deciding how they're going to play against LAFC. And generally speaking, that's 11 men in the defensive half. I contend to you that I think that is completely the wrong way to play this team. Now, I'll whisper it because I don't want anybody else knowing. You should go after LAFC, toe-to-toe. And if you get beat, you get beat. All these teams trying to do all this fancy junk every now and again, right? The the Chicago Fire blind squirrel stumbles over an acorn. But most of the time, what happens is what happened to the Columbus crew. They drop down a goal, and they have no way back because then they try to put their foot on the gas. But by then, LAFC is already in the lead. Their defense is playing tremendous this year. They're comfortable, so they take advantage of you even further and get a couple of late goals to really ice it. And yes, no, that wasn't a 3-0 thrashing of Columbus, you know, in the sense of that's, you know, the scoreline flattered a bit. But that's what LAFC does to you. It's not the way to approach it. And it's certainly shame on Columbus for doing that at home front of their own fans biggest crowd they've had all year and they go out and play like that hit me up on twitter at talk soccer i am dave denholm and you are listening to the home of world football in southern california quite simply it's the best soccer show in all of the world soccer weekly on espn la 710 this is soccer weekly espn la 710 i am dave denholm hanging out with you on the home of world football in southern california as we roll on here and uh, look we are the home of the black and gold, right? We've got two big matchups for you right here on ESPN LA coming up tomorrow night, Thursday, as they take on FC Dallas at Bank of California Stadium. You'll hear it right here. And then Sunday, the two teams immediately fly back over to Texas and go toe-to-toe in a span of literally hours. So you'll want to hear that, both games here on ESPN LA. We love the black and gold here. We make no bones about that. We love talking the black and gold and it's always fun to talk about LAFC on the Black and Gold Breakdown. Let's get to it. One, two, three, breakdown. It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this. Right now. Joining us for the Black and Gold Breakdown, he's one of our favorites. He's one of your favorites at LAFC Vince on Twitter. The great Vince LaRosa from LAFC.com. Vince, always a pleasure, buddy. But I hear you might be in the training room right now. What's going on, Vince? You had a little scrimmage earlier in the day. You, uh, you're getting old, Vince. What are you doing to yourself? I am getting old. <laughs> I did finally get into the LAFC staff game, and I got to tell you that guys like Ante Razov, John Thornton can still ball. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I might be on the mend for a little bit. Vince, if you don't know Vince LaRosa, look, he's a cool guy. Some of the coolest tats you may ever find in the in the world of soccer. That doesn't mean you can still ball. Take it easy, know, man. I had to see what I still had, Dave, and I learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> well, you still have his cool tats, but you don't have any game anymore, but that's all right. I'm sure the guy can still play, uh, but uh, he can talk about the game and analyze it and break it down for LAFC.com like nobody else, and that's why we're enjoying having him on Black and Gold Breakdown. Vince, let's get right into it. I kind of teased it a little bit earlier, uh, you know, and you've been talking about it a lot. There is that trend, obviously, when you, when something happens once, it's a fluke. When it happens a couple times, maybe it's coincidence. But there's a trend now for how many times it's happened with 11 men behind the football, and not only that, behind midfield when they oppose LAFC. Vince, I think this is the wrong strategy. 
Uh, I just think that uh, especially a team like Columbus at home doing that makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's sad when you see when you do it to your home fans. And I'd say this, if you're going to do it, that's fine. But know what you're getting into. And that's, that's what players, that's what the manager has to express to his players. He's probably telling them, guys, we don't really have much of a chance. So what we'll do is we'll maybe open the door just a crack. Yeah. Because really, putting 10 and 11 men behind the ball isn't a strategy to win the game. It's minimizing damage. Um, LAFC is still going to get their chances. They're still probably going to get their 20 shots per game. And you've got to hope that they don't bury their chances, which are going to be few and far between. I know we saw the 0-0 against Chicago. Yeah. Chicago is one of those sides that actually is well-versed in doing this. It's actually funny to think that Nico Vatan has to be told, hey, man, I need you to just go out there and put in a shift. But they're well-versed in doing this. So if you're a team that thinks you're just going to switch your identity and pull this off, uh, you're looking for trouble because once that one goal goes in and then you decide you're going to have to push a little bit, now you're really going to be in the crosshairs. Of yeah, you're absolutely right. And not only that, Vince, if you're Caleb Porter, or you know, not just to pick on him, other coaches who are trying it, you better win. If you go that route, not just draw at home, you better win and good luck. As we've said, I mean, all it takes is one and credit to Chicago. They probably are really have screwed with a lot of coaches heads now because they actually pulled it off to some degree, especially doing it at Bank of California. But I mean, Vince, this team, LAFC, the passing, the slicing through. I know they're a big favorite of MLSsoccer.com and their their personnel as well. What do you what are you seeing, though? out of this team, why are they just a little bit sharper, Vince? Why are they just a little bit better than in 2018? I think it's two things. First of all, it's just knowing Bob Bradley's system a little bit better. Every player I've talked to said, last year we were learning, we did a pretty good job of picking up the concepts, but this year we're comfortable and we're just doing it. We're yeah. not thinking, we're just reacting. And part of that is the ability, the ability to play from front to back. Uh, the, the chances are going to come, but when they break down, the ability to get that ball back so quickly and then put a team right back under pressure. Look, you can only hold out so many times before you're going to let in a very big chance, and LFC is now capitalizing on those, and those chances are even larger than they were last season. Yeah, couldn't agree more. We're talking with LAFC Vince, uh, Vince LaRosa from LAFC.com. Check him out on Twitter, at LAFC Vince. Does great work. Also doing the podcast. He's doing a lot of stuff with Max Bredos, the voice of LAFC on the YouTube TV side. Vince, how's that going, buddy? It's going great. I mean, everything's been really well. I mean, I'm loving life with LAFC. So, I mean, you can't. I can't not continue to put out content when things are going this well. I mean, they just keep giving me more and more work to do. Did I catch you off guard with that question, or what? <laughs> I'm just trying to get to promote yeah, you, your podcast, man. Yeah, you did a little bit. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not used to promoting myself. I know he I is very, he is very humble. He is the most humble man. Just like I always say, Vince, I'm the most humble guy in the history of radio. So I, I'm right there with you, buddy. But, uh, Vince, as we uh, look ahead to this this FC Dallas thing, you and I have talked about it. We've talked about it on the show. I don't want to get too deep into it. I hate the dreaded back-to-back. I especially hate the dreaded back-to-back within three or four days, especially against a team that you're really going to be battling with in the West. I mean, it's a kind of thing where it's so difficult to get six points this way. You know what I mean? When you're taking on a team – literally within hours of each other. Well, Dave, you made the great point that we've talked about, too. It's so difficult to play back-to-back when you have injuries, too. Dallas yeah. has injuries coming to this match. So now they're going to have to go and have a six-point swing knowing that they're not even going to get their best guys back. Yeah, it's just I mean, not that's, fair. That, that's got to be a killer. Yeah. It's, 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 all, yeah, it's criminal almost. So uh, 
you know, LAFC's done okay in their first back-to-back. They got four points from Seattle, which is a, a direct rival and someone I would assume is going to be near the top yeah. uh, come the end of the season. But they don't like it either. So if you, even if you're doing well and you don't like it, it must not be a good thing. Yeah, I'm with you there. But, I mean, you do have to do it. You've mentioned a little bit about FC Dallas's injury concerns. Boy, this is a team under Lucha Gonzalez now, after Oscar Perea went off to uh, Tijuana. This is a team that is not afraid to play the kids. We talk about how young LAFC is, Vince. We look like, you know, a seasoned veterans and old age home compared to FC Dallas sometimes with what they put out there. Yeah, not afraid to play the kids and also not afraid to play the kids in a style that forces them to be proactive. Yeah, I, I think you got to compliment them that way because so many teams will play kids, but they'll, they'll focus on defensive structure. This is a Dallas team that likes to have the ball, and that's actually the opposite of the way they played under Oscar Pereira, which is pretty uh, – it's a, it's a big statement for Lucha Gonzalez, and, and Bob Bradley was actually very complimentary of him uh, You know, all this week saying that he likes seeing young players developed and he likes seeing them given a chance, and it's something that they want to try to institute with LFC. Obviously, we don't have the, the setup from the academy quite connecting yet, um, but you got to like that Bob's already applauding what Lucha Gonzalez is, gonna, is doing and saying basically that's something that LAFC wants to uh, implement as well. Talking with LAFC, Vince, we turn our attention to the black and gold here, Vince, on Black and Gold Breakdown. Carlos Vela having a, an amazing start to the campaign. I say start. We're already more than a third of the way through the schedule. I can't even believe that. Tom Marshall, who we're going to be having on here coming up in just a few minutes, is from ESPN FC, had a great piece about Carlos Vela and the Mexican national team. Now, Vela basically, according to uh, Tom and, and Tata, who's talked about it, has said he doesn't really want to play in the Gold Cup. You know, he would prefer to be with his family, take that time off, if you will. But there's also the, you know, obviously he's still going to be at work with LAFC. Vince, what's your take on Carlos Vela? Kind of the enigma that is with the Mexican national team, because he's been utterly everything LAFC would want and more signing as a designated player. Yeah, I think he's so he's so focused on LAFC right now, and I think the the slight nuance of that, and and he said it maybe once or twice, but hasn't emphasized it too much. Is he he wants to give the young guys a chance? Why not? If he's so entrenched with his team right now with LAFC, yeah. and the Gold Cup Cup's coming up, and at a kind of a weird time for MLS schedule after he's just left LAFC last season in their inaugural season to go to the World Cup, why not give some young guys a chance? And if I'm looking at it, if you're Mexico, don't you kind of want to give some young guys a chance because? For all intents and purposes, they've got some young guys that can really ball, and I think they can go to the semifinal with those guys alone. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's no disrespect to the Gold Cup. I love the competition, but it's not the World Cup either. I think you should kind of tinker if you're the U.S. and Mexico in that competition. Yeah, and Carlos. I mean, Carlos gave everything he had to to them in the World Cup. He took them as far as he yeah, best could. player they had. Yep, best player they had. And you got to remember, he's doing that basically after playing a full season. You know, after coming from Sociedad to just picking up another season with LFC, then heading off to the World Cup. I mean, he crammed two seasons plus a World Cup into the course of one calendar year. Yeah, and not only that, he is thirty. Like, I mean, like you alluded. I mean, Tata Martino's got to kind of start building for the future here. And it's not like we love Carlos, but it's not like he's the he's got ten years left playing for L three or anything. I mean, he is thirty years old. He's not twenty. Yeah, and I would say I can see Tata's side, right? You, yeah. you come into to the Mexico job, it's a highly scrutinized job. Why not see if you can just get a, a win right away? Mm-hmm. Um, so you basically, you know, you want to put out the best team you can, get a Gold Cup victory under your belt, and then maybe it gives you some leeway to do some things to refresh the squad. But I, I also can understand Carlos's perspective of just saying, well, if, if that's what you want to do, that's great. I think you have the pieces in front of you. I'm going to kind of just 
see it out this season after doing all I did for you guys last time. Yeah, we're talking with LAFC Vince. Vince LaRosa from LAFC.com. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, Vince, as we look now at this at, at this schedule unwinding, I mean, like I said, we're already more than a third of the way through. This is not early in the schedule or anything. This is just the way it's going. What are your thoughts on the teams that you really feel are going to th- – because we've seen Seattle, you know – Honestly, LAFC has kind of handled Seattle in their short history. LAFC maybe has a little bit of more of a tricky time against a team like Houston or FC Dallas. What do you think of the others in the Western Conference? Yeah, Seattle, I mean, it's it's that kind of thing we, we go back to with guys with players behind the ball. You know, teams that put players behind the ball, play a counterattacking style, they might crack the door just a little bit more for them. I don't know if that that's going to work all the time against LAFC. I mean, we've seen them definitely put some teams down that have put players behind the ball. But if you want to come out and play with LFC, they, they're happy to play with you, and they don't care what the level of the competition is. We saw in that Seattle match, they would prefer to play. I would say that they probably would have preferred Christian Roldan State on the pitch that following game. Um, but, yeah, I like, you know, Houston, I kind of like what Houston's doing. They're kind of a hybrid yeah. to where they, they put men behind the ball. But, man, when they get out and run with Albert Elise, and Minotis, they can really put you under some pressure. It's not so much that they they want to bunker in and play them men behind the ball. They just want to pull you forward so they can create that space. So Houston is a team that I think can give can give LAFC some trouble. Dallas will see. I mean, again, we're not going to get to see a full-strength Dallas, but they're a team that likes to play. I would say that they gave LAFC more trouble last year because they were more of a similar uh, hybrid that Houston is this season. Vince, I, I would be remiss if we don't mention it. The best defense in all of MLS is also LAFC's. I mean, you couple that with the best offense, and of course you're running rampant, but that defense, Eddie Segura sliding in, we've talked a little bit about it, but you can't you can't really talk about the D without talking about the defense being played in the midfield as well, right? This is a combination of things. Tyler Miller all the way up through. Yeah, about time those guys got some love, and I, I wrote that piece uh, about the defense, and I really wanted to give the back line some love, but the more and more I looked at it, I thought to myself, well, I got to give. It's got to go everywhere. Yeah. Uh, just because of the way that guys like Latif Blessing, Mark Anthony K, Edward Atuesta, they are that kind of first line. And even you look at Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, Chris Ramirez, Adama Diamande when he's in there, they're forcing turnovers so high up the pitch. It's making the defense's job so much easier. But I would say this, you know, they're still a very strong back four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Segura and, and Walker know those moments where. There might be a little bit of trouble brewing, and they're already seeming to get into position, already sliding over. So teams are, if teams want to get past that that midfield, they've still got another whole other line. It's not the LAFC from last season where they thought, okay, once we get through the midfield, we might be able to create some bigger opportunities. Uh, you know, it, most of the time it's for fun. I don't put a lot of stock in it, Vince, but the MLS team of the week has kind of been catching my Where's the LAFC defense been, by and large, in that thing? You know what I mean? We're not seeing enough of Eddie Segura, Walker Zimmerman, and the gang in there. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You, yeah, it seems like you have to score goals, and I would even say that uh, Stephen Bateshore made a very good point after the San Jose game, scored a goal, gets a shutout, can't find himself on the team. Yeah, the ridiculous. Week, so. Utterly absurd. But, yeah, you know, hey. Just keep, keep banging the drum. I, I know it's a tough job, but. I mean, we got to get we got to start getting some guys that actually defend in there. Yeah, I, it's exactly right. But then again, uh, you know, Bob Relly would say, "Who cares? Don't even pay attention to that stuff. Let's just keep on winning." LAFC will look to do that on Thursday coming up tomorrow. You'll hear it right here against FC Dallas at the Bank of California Stadium. This gentleman at LAFC Vince on Twitter, Vince Larosa will be there. Vince, always a pleasure, buddy. We really appreciate you joining us for Black and Gold Breakdown, man. 
Thanks so much, Dave. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. He's the best. Vince LaRosa at LAFC.com. Check him out. He's at LAFC Vince on Twitter. Coming up, ESPN FC's Tom Marshall, who covers El Tree, is going to break down the Carlos Vela situation with Tata Martino and the Mexican national team. He wrote a great piece on that. That's coming up next here on the home of world football in Southern California. You love it. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm, hanging out with you here on the home of world football in Southern California. Always great to talk about the black and gold. A reminder, we got the FC Dallas game coming up tomorrow. The first of the two back-to-back games against FC Dallas. The first one's at the bank tomorrow. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA. Then the second one, of course, Sunday at FC Dallas. Both two teams are going at it there. And you'll want to listen here on the home of world football and the home of the black and gold, ESPN LA. One of the things about world football that we talk about a lot here on the show is that balancing act, right? We we talk a lot of club football. That's a big part of who we are as soccer fans. Who's your favorite club, right? You don't often ask somebody who's your favorite nation to root for because it's usually just their home nation, but that is a big part of football. And we've got the Gold Cup coming up, and one of the things that's a big part of Fort El Tree is what Tom Marshall, our friend here from ESPN FC, wrote about Carlos Vela. He's not going to play for El Tree, Tom. He wants to rest up. Yeah, he's basically told Mexico manager... Tata Martino, that you know, he, he wants to stay with his club, he wants to stay with LAFC this summer, and he wants to spend time with his family. Uh, basically, he's very happy in LA, and he doesn't want the he doesn't want to travel to the Gold Cup. He doesn't want to you know be, be part of the Mexico team right now. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't involved in the games in March, so I mean, there's a speculation that he might be back this summer. But for me, if he wasn't involved in March, I didn't think he would be involved this summer. I think Tata Martino's very much you either with him. Yeah. Oh, you're not with him. There's no kind of gray area with Tata Martino. And I think with Vela, um, he just, he, I don't know, he just never looked comfortable with the Mexican national team. Um, and that's, that's just the reality of it. And yet he, I thought he was the best player at the World Cup, the most obviously in 2018. So he certainly had a good run in that sense. But I, I, I tend to agree with you, Tom. My, my question is, you know, he's not the only one here, right? And that's what I love about your your, uh, your writing for ESPN and the article you put up over at ESPN.com. Check it out. It's like this is becoming a little bit deeper of an issue than just Carlos Vela for El Tree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, like I said, Vela wasn't a massive surprise. We all know how happy he is in L.A., and he, yeah. talked, about it. he talked about that a lot. Um, but, you know, Hector Herrera, um, the Porto midfielder, you know, Again, one of the best players at the last World Cup. He hasn't been seen in a Mexico shirt since that World Cup. And again, in, in March, he missed the friendlies because he said he was getting his Portuguese passport and he needed to take exams to get that. Mm-hmm. And then this time around, now you know, now he's saying he's had a difficult season. He's played over 50 games for Porto. And uh, um, he's going to move to a big club, which ESPN sources are saying is Atletico Madrid. Um, so, so he says he doesn't want to be part of the Gold Cup. He wants to kind of you know, kind of join Atletico Madrid, do a full preseason. But the list doesn't end there. Chicharito, Javier Hernandez over in England, mm-hmm. he's basically, you know, he, he's basically expecting his, his first child with his, with, his, uh, with his wife. And he's basically saying, you know, he, he's not sure he wants to be there. Tata Martino saying, well, you know, if your head's not with this Mexican national team, then you better not come in. I mean, simple as that. If you're not with us, you're against us. Yeah. Doesn't end there, Dave, either. I mean, there's also Tecatito Corona, uh, who's just hitting some wonderful form right now. I mean, I honestly thought he'd be in. I thought, you know, the fact that Vela's not there, the fact that Chicharito's not there, I thought Tecatito could kind of take over that mantle and and, and be almost the focal point of the attack. But 
He's not there. I mean, he missed out on the March friendlies as well. He and Tata Martino is absolutely furious that he didn't travel despite his injury mm-hmm. just to be part of the squad to get to know Tata to, to you know, to, to be with the team. And, and Tata was basically saying that uh, Corona, Tecatito Corona, didn't even, hasn't even called him to explain what happened there. So, um, you know, if you, you look at those players on an individual level, Vela, Herrera, Chicharito, and, and you can rationalise it and you can understand the players' decision. These players are people, they've got, they've got lives outside of football. But then you look at it as a, as a collective and it's like, you've got arguably, you know, three of your what, top six, seven best players for this match, for this national team who have decided themselves that they don't want to be there. So, yeah. you know, Tata said he's never experienced anything like it. So it is, it is a blow to Tata. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, but here's the thing, Tom, and we're talking with Tom Marshall, of course, who covers L3 like nobody else for ESPN and ESPN FC. Is it like... I, I just think it happens to be that these, you know, I think it's more of a, I guess, a damning of the Gold Cup more so. I, these guys love Altri. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, Carlos Vela's had a little interesting history, but the other guys you mentioned, I mean, they bleed, you know, the the three colors. So I think it's, doesn't it say more about the Gold Cup, really, than it does about Tata or their future with Mexico? It does say a little bit about it, yeah. And I mean, there was another little nugget of information from, from Tata yesterday. With the, you know, Mexico is, is not likely to be part of the 2020 uh, Copa America. Mm. And I imagine that that extends to the United States as well. Yeah. So if you look at it right now from the Mexican national team, you've got this summer, the Gold Cup facing CONCACAF opposition. You've got September, October, November, CONCACAF Nations League. Yeah. And you think March, CONCACAF Nations League, you expect Mexico to be in that, that final phase. And so it's like, from Tata Martino's point of view, you know, he's only been in the job five months. You know, you've got Dennis DiClossi up there in L.A. Dennis was one of the main people who went to speak to Tata Martino to kind of convince him to take over this role. Guillermo Cantu was another one of the guys inside the federation. Dennis is in L.A. Guillermo Cantu is actually leaving after the Gold Cup. So, you know, Tata's got these players not wanting to come. He's got no Copa America. He's mm. got some of the key guys who brought him into this federation, um, you know, that are, that are now left or leaving. And, and I just think it's been a pretty... I don't want to sound completely negative because, you know, this is a Mexican national team that's got plenty of quality in the squad, you know, and perfectly capable of winning this competition. Tom, that was but my favorite are... part of the article, though. You, after all of the doom and gloom, but you're you're like, hey, it's not time to panic, <laughs> you know? Like, there's still plenty of talent. And you actually, as I go down here, let me get back to it here. You mentioned them when I read it. Uh, one of the names that jumps out, obviously, you know, you got great talent, Carlos Rodriguez, Ivan Rodriguez. Uriel Antuna with the LA Galaxy gets that call. You know, he's on loan from Man City. He's playing well for the Galaxy here in Los Angeles. Talk a little bit about that. I, I, I thought it was a bit of a surprise. I know it had been whispered about, but I still thought it was a little surprising that he was included. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's surprising only because he's played so few games yeah. in the first team level. Um, but, I, I mean, I think with Antuna, he, he's, got, he's got an attribute that is absolutely people in world football, it doesn't matter what country you're in, absolutely love. And it's raw pace. Mm-hmm. It's like it's something you can't really train. Yeah. Um, and 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 if you look at it, also Irving Lozano, um, he's in the Mexico squad, but he's still got an injury to his to his knee, and so he's not hundred percent confirmed. Now Lozano is absolutely pace man, so I think that I think Uriel Antuna's in there because in case Lozano isn't there, then Antuna comes in. But um, Antuna's a great guy. I mean, really, really down to earth from what I from what I've heard about him and, and speaking to him. Um, comes from a very humble family, um, and I don't know. He's really appreciating appreciating 
uh, kind of what Galaxy has given him, mm-hmm. the kind of platform to play with the likes of Ibrahimovic, um, to live in a city like LA. And I think that uh, he, he's taken full advantage in his career now. He's back on track. And this is just kind of vindication of that move back from Europe to MLS. It's completely worked out for him. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Tom Marshall from ESPN FC. He covers L Tree like nobody else. He also covers Liga Emekis. And I want to ask you uh, specifically this final question, Tom. Uh, your thoughts on how uh, Oscar Pereja did with Tijuana? I mean, you know, obviously he had a pretty an up and down year at times, but I, you know, I like to keep track of an old MLS manager there going into Liga MX. What are your thoughts on how Oscar Pereja did in his first season there? I'd, I'd give him a B. Yeah, to grade him, you know, a B, uh, a, a seven out of ten. I mean, I think um, a team like Cholos to get them into the playoff was a major achievement. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, once you're in the playoffs, it's you know, you'd obviously like to go further, but. You know, getting 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 the team within within the top eight. I and mean, I think at the start of the season, people would have said probably Cholos, you know, mid-table team, maybe sure, sure. mid to mid to lower, you know, round there. So for him to get the team into eighth place is a, a major achievement in his first season. And now, you know, I think this next season now is going to be absolutely crucial because I imagine that the club are going to go out and and buy the players that he wants to bring in. Yeah. He understands the league better, the dynamics, which players are available. So. Uh, yeah, a big a big uh, season coming up for uh, Pareja. Fantastic stuff as always. Tom Marshall, check him out at ESPN FC, ESPN.com. Wrote a great uh, piece there on Carlos Vela and others with the L tree and the will they or won't they. Great stuff, Tom. As always, thanks so much for joining us here, man. Appreciate it. No, thanks for the invite, Dave. Anytime you need. Really fun to talk L tree and uh, Liga Mekis with Tom Marshall. And we love doing that here on Soccer Weekly. We really appreciate his work there. Go check him out at ESPN.com. Uh, just fascinating stuff. Just uh, what's going to happen with El Tri in the future? Because my thoughts on this uh, with Carlos Vela, he is on form. I mean, to say he's on form is ridiculous with LAFC, right? He's absolutely red hot. And you know what? LAFC doesn't have a busy schedule in June. He'll get some time off, maybe even throw in a couple of U.S. Open Cup games. Hopefully he can still get a, you know keep himself sharp. It's just that I don't mind a 30-year-old Carlos Vela who's absolutely on form, not disrupting that by going to play in the Gold Cup. And I love the Gold Cup. And I understand representing your country. But as Tom Marshall said, they do have families, they got lives. It's not just about that. And I can respect that. It hurts sometimes if you're a fan of El Tri or you know it happens with an American player every now and again with the U.S. national team. I get it. But I can respect the decision to not do it. And again, I love the Gold Cup, but it is the Gold Cup. It's not the World Cup. Sometimes life takes over. You know that, that that is the way it goes. Great stuff from Tom Marshall. Still have stoppage time. We've got the LA Care injury report. We've got so much more to get to. I am Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly. We are rolling here on ESPN LA seven ten. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Oh, loving every bit of it as we get ready for a couple of games against FC Dallas. Home at the bank coming up tomorrow. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA, the Thursday game. And then they both uh, both teams go over to Dallas for the Sunday matchup. By the way, that game has been changed a time, right, Mario? They pushed that back to like 4.30 Dallas time, I think it is. 4.30, yeah. Or is that 4.30 our time? 4.30 our time. Okay, that's right. Yeah, 4.30 Pacific. We'll start with the pregame at yeah. 4 p.m. Okay, that had been pushed back several hours. So just to let you know, that Sunday game, not the game of the bank, of course. That's coming up 
the regular you know evening kickoff there. What time's the pregame for that tomorrow? Six thirty. Six thirty, right here in the home of the Black and Gold LAFC. I'll have the call at seven. Hey, uh, it's time now for the LA Care injury report. I'm almost excited about it. LA Care our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. Why would you be excited about an injury report, you Grim Reaper Denholm? No, I'm kind of excited because, you know, all due respect to Alejandro Guido and Javi Perez, who are still kind of coming back from injury, they're questionable, but LAFC, otherwise, is getting healthier and healthier, which we haven't seen for a while. So that's some good news about the LA Care injury report. Oh, by the way, FC Dallas, uh, a couple of players questionable. Carlos Granzo, of course, we know. Christian Coleman, uh, Dominique uh, Baji, Santiago Mosquera. But the, the the one tough one is Paxton Pomacall, their young 19-year-old who had been really boss in the midfield, picks up a hamstring strain. Now, I was reading from John Arnold. He was doing uh, wrote an article for uh, Dallas News, sportsday.dallasnews.com, and he brought up a good point. Pomacall was probably going to be called into the U.S. under-20 team, and Dallas expected to, to miss out, you know, for him to miss out, but now he's out with injury. And again, two straight games against LAFC. Good for the black and gold that one of the FC Dallas's young good players is out, but it kind of is like if the tables were turned, we wouldn't love that. And it's kind of what makes it tough about playing a team so quick back to back like that. It's just a very quirky thing in the schedule, and it's now happening again for LAFC taking on FC Dallas coming up Thursday and Sunday. Again, you'll hear it right here on ESPN LA, the home of the black and gold. But that's good news for LAFC on the injury front. So that is your LA Care injury report. It is time now. For everybody's favorite radio segment, not just soccer radio, man. This is like dominating radio. It is stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah, stoppage time. Yeah. It's stoppage time. Right now. The great Mario Reese, who produces this show, produces LAFC. The football matches here on ESPN LA, and he is the host of Stoppage Time. What's up, Mario? What's up, Dave? We gotta we gotta start off Stoppage Time by giving a little bit of props here, actually major props here to this group of guys that don't really usually get the props. Okay, LAFC's backline. Yeah, usually it's yeah. Vela and Rossi, sure. the guys scoring the goals. You know. The guys on the highlights and all. Why not? Yeah, absolutely right. But LAFC's back line, that defense is number one in MLS. Yeah, you combine that with a great offense, look out. You know, and oh, it's, my goodness. Mario, they've only given up two goals one game out of 12. One yes. game. That was the uh, draw with NYCFC, the 2-2 played at Yankee Stadium. One goal or less in the other 11 games. I mean, that's a recipe for success for any team let alone with what the black and gold are doing up front, as you said. It's amazing. I mean, I, I, we shouldn't be surprised at 8-1-3 and three now, you know? I mean, because you combine that with that defense, and I agree, Eddie Segura has just absolutely fit right in like a glove. I mean, from day one, oh, not game one, from day one when he got here one. in training. Really, I mean, yeah. for a 22-year-old, come on. I couldn't even walk and chew gum still at 22. The way him and Walker have clicked without even yeah. speaking the same language has it been is amazing. It is amazing. That is a good point. It's the it's Walker Zimmerman looking so much more comfortable. That helps Eddie Segura, but Eddie Segura helps Walker Zimmerman as well, that they don't have to worry as much about. You know, last year there were times, depending on who he was playing next to, that Walker looked a little out of sorts trying to make up for who he was playing with, you know, at times. Like, he was trying to cover too much ground. Right. He was trying to make up for somebody else's errors. He got a little out of sorts at times. We saw some maybe cheaper goals given up that we've seen at all this year. 
And that's another thing that I've been keeping an eye on. By and large, now, Eddie had the back pass that went awry, right? Eddie Segura got the back pass against Seattle the first 30 seconds of that game. He'll never do that again. But by and large, the teams that that are scoring against LAFC, few and far between, they've been great goals. Sometimes teams are going to score great goals on you. That's what you have to make them do. You know, don't give up the PKs. Don't give up the the bad garbage goals that really the no the team has no business scoring. You do that enough in MLS, and like we said, with the offense, LAFC, it is a recipe for success. Eight goals allowed in twelve oh. games. Oh man, that's point sixty six goals allowed per game. Wow, and in full credit to Tyler Miller because he doesn't have to make a lot of saves, but when you got to make one big save a game, when you don't know when that's going to be, sometimes that's tough for a keeper. He's done it. Yeah, and you got leaders there like uh, like Beta and Harvey that are almost like captains on that defensive yeah. line. Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. And they pour forward. They know exactly when to get forward, when to get back. You know, yep. it's working. It is working. There's no doubt about it. A lot of times when Rossi gets gets uh, get things going, it's because of Harvey. Harvey usually gets that started. Yeah, and then it gets into Rossi, Davila, and boom, it's in the net. Sure. Now this is great talk, but are you ignoring? What I are you ignoring the next thing on this <laughs> where I think you're going here? You don't want to give me enough credit here, Mario. What are we doing? No, of course, of course, of course. We got somebody who definitely agrees with you very strongly. Why do I always have to be right about VAR? You're always right, Dave. Of course. Why? Of course. Zlatan Ibrahimovic wants Major League Soccer to ditch VAR after being involved in another controversial incident yep. during Saturday's loss over in New York City. He said, "I touched the ball. That's on. That's the only thing I know. I touched the ball. I didn't." touch him and if I touched him he kicked me but he didn't want to review it he said again we have this VAR I think we should take it off and not play with it yes couldn't agree more now obviously the incident that Zlatan is referencing is his hands got up pretty high on Sean Johnson I thought it should have been a red card for Zlatan you can't put the hands on somebody's face or around the neck or whatever he did Sean Johnson should have got a red card for some of the worst acting I've ever seen, though, is he <laughs> flopped around like a, you know, like he had been. Come on, that's what we do in, in soccer. Though. I understand, Everybody but he should get a red card it. for bad acting. I okay. mean, that's all. That's all I'm saying. I've been watching HBO's Barry and some of the best acting I've seen in years on television, and then I got to watch Sean Johnson uh, do that <laughs> flopping in stuff. You know, terrible. It's pretty bad. But they both should have got a red card for that. In fairness, so I understand why Zlatan doesn't want to go to VR. I have much better reasons for that. But it's good to see a, a guy like Zlatan Ibrahimovic wising up, Mario. That video replay is a joke, and it's not just MLS. You know, it's not just their fault. Everybody's using it now. It's becoming more popular. It's a disgrace. It's a sham. And it's hurting the sport. I don't care what anyone tells me. They're wrong when they try to defend this. And again, it's not just MLS. It's everybody using it. It's bad for a sport that's built on passion. We're losing some of that. You know, I've got to call a goal by Jossie Zardes, but I got to wait because the the assistant referee has to wait to put his flag up to make sure the play continues. Right? And it's just so. But not only that, sometimes no, when we go to it, it's yeah. still of wrong. Of course. They don't even and then slot it's time, still wrong. They have VAR. Guy put his hands, you know, near Sean Johnson's neck, frankly. Should have got a red card off of VAR. Where's VAR? Yeah. They don't even look. No. Or if they do look, they decide it's not good enough. I mean, you just have another referee making another decision. The whole purpose of VAR is to make sure we get it right. Yeah. We still aren't you getting still it don't. right. Then why bother? 
Yeah. If you're not getting it 100%, ditch the whole stinking thing. Let the referees back. Yeah, let the referees be referees. They did fine before this. That's uh, a joke. It's an absolute disgrace. But, you know, look, it, again, it ain't going anywhere. I understand. I'm always right, Mario, but I'm always 15 years ahead of my time. This so is I, true, dude. I know it's not going anywhere. In fact, they're expanding it to the premiership. That was one of the only things I liked about the premiership, that they didn't have video replay. You just let the game go. You just let it flow and keep the passion going and keep you know keep that tension. Well, now they're going to video replay next season. Oh. It's not going anywhere with the World Cup. You know, FIFA loves that garbage. They don't. You know, they don't. FIFA just they want it. It actually works a little bit better in the World Cup. I think. I mean, in fairness, once every four years, I guess you want to get everything a hundred percent right. You know, like you don't want to miss a handball. Like you know, yeah. remember in the old remember the day when. Uh, U.S. was playing Germany. They had to hand Germany had the handball on the line. It would have been a red card, a PK. We didn't get the call. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. I, okay, I'm not saying it's good. I don't want it in the World Cup. Still, I'm not going to back away from that. But if it's a hundred percent white right for a, a, a competition like that, we'll see it in the Women's World Cup. Let's see how it works out here. We've been talking a little bit about that. I'm excited for yeah. that too. So that's uh, oh, yeah. coming up. Uh, very soon as well. Thanks so much, Mario. Appreciate you, that. Dave. Once again, just want to remind you, I know, you know, stoppage time usually ends everything, but we do have LAFC coming up Thursday, tomorrow. If you're listening to the podcast, you might be listening on Thursday because you can download the podcast at iTunes. You can download it at the ESPN Pod Center. Go get the podcast. But Thursday, taking on LAFC's taking on FC Dallas, the first of two back-to-back. You'll also hear it on Sunday right here on the home of the black and gold. We really appreciate uh, all you uh, listening out there. And uh, if you have feedback on it, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. I am Dave Denholm. This is the home of LAFC. It's the home of uh, world football here in Southern California. Frankly, it's the home of Soccer Weekly. We truly appreciate your support right here on ESPN LA 710.